The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, good morning. It is Thursday. Hard to believe, but it's true. And we're going to keep those good vibrations going all morning long here on the Morning Jam. Our numbers, keep them handy, 866-916-3776. That's our toll-free number. And, of course, we've got our text number as well that we'd like for you to uh, to keep on hand, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, 434-248. 0704 is that number. Here's your thought of the day for this Thursday. Be brave. Even when you're not, pretend to be. No one can tell the difference anyway. There you go. We also call that fake it till you make it, which we've all had to do at some time or another. Uh, Hey, guess what today is? It's do a grouch a favor day. And we all have grouches in our lives. You probably know who you are. Uh, According to an article in The Art of Wellness, there may be reasons why you're feeling grumpy that are out of your control. I want you to tell me which of these is not a reason listed in this article. Is it A, lack of sunshine, B, the food you eat, C, having more than one child, or D, your diet drink? Which of those do you think it is? Lack of sunshine, the food you eat, having more than one child, or your diet drink? One of those seem like the doesn't seem like the other. That's right. One of these things is not. So I'm gonna go with the kid. Seems like they could all make you. As a mother of three, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't worry about the kid thing. So <laughs> well, you don't have a kid, so that there you go. Uh, what do you guys think? Four three four two four eight zero seven zero four is our text number. Text your guess in. We'll have the answer coming up in a little bit on this do a grouch a favor day. Why would you want to do a grouch a favor? I just came back from Florida. There are a lot of grouches in Florida. Let me just tell you. There were some nice people, but there were a lot of grumpy people. And you're in Florida. You'd think you'd be like, yeah, nice sunny most all the time very grumpy some people on this day in history in 1861 abraham lincoln stops his train at westfield on his way to washington so he can thank 11 year old grace bedell in person because she gave him advice to grow a beard in order to gain more voters and apparently that was helpful hmm Who knew that that came into play even back then? Uh, In 1968, Elvis Presley receives a gold record for his recording of How Great Thou Art. And then in 1972, Wilt Chamberlain of the L.A. Lakers becomes the first player in NBA history to reach the career 30,000 point mark during a 110-109 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and now... LeBron's about to get to 40,000 points. Mm. And be the old, well, he's already the all-time scoring record. He just he got that when you were gone. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Wilt Chamberlain certainly a, a iconic player. Yeah. Uh, and was the first to do that. So. Yeah, Wilt. It was Wilt then Kareem passed Wilt and LeBron, uh, you know, keep the time. That's how that I can That's how that goes. 
for sure. Uh, we got lots of birthdays today, including actor LeVar Burton. He turned 66 years old, of course, known for Reading Rainbow, also in Star Trek. Maybe, if I can get it to fire. Reading yeah. Rainbow. Yeah. Don't you think everybody's <laughs> jumping the gun here? Last I heard, there were still two starships out there looking for them. They found no debris, no residual warp distortion. And no ship. Not yet, but that doesn't mean they won't. Who among us hasn't taken a banana clip and put it over our eyes and pretended to be, you know, his character? I think most of us have. Uh, actor and rapper Ice-T is having a birthday today, turning 65 years old. I honestly think he's probably better known for his acting now than he ever was for his rapping. Yeah. I would I would think, anyway. You for violating the voluntary servitude of Peanut Jack. In case you haven't heard, Lincoln freed the slaves. Very sassy. He's very sassy in that show and says things that are a little cringy at times. Some of his lines, like when he refers to his his partner as that's my Jew. I'm like, what on earth, SUV? What is happening here? Uh, also having a birthday is... Did you just say SUV? S-V-U. V-U. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> I'm doing good to be here at all. This <laughs> My brain is so dead. This Honda CRV killed the Chevy Tahoe. Let's investigate. It could happen. I mean, it's been, well, it wouldn't sexually assault You got to look like a car horn instead of dunta. Right. That's right. Singer of the Weekend is having a birthday today, turning 33 years old. I mean, did he just go, I'm just going to name myself something that everybody loves. So I'm going to name myself The Weeknd. Smart. I guess so. Like, I'm going to name myself, you know, Lobster. Mace Bangers. Except not everybody loves Lobster. And everybody does love The Weeknd, usually. Uh, Guitarist Andy Taylor of Duran Duran is also having a birthday today, turning 62. Duran Duran. Did you ever watch Big Fat Liar? Yes. That's where I remember this song from. Isn't it funny how, you know, songs will get put into, and Movies. it's almost like it puts you into the movie every time you hear it. But the guy Shrek turns, has done that to a yeah, lot of classic songs. The guy turns turns blue while this song is playing, so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it does remind you of that, I think, a little bit. Uh, back to our Mind Jam trivia. Here we go. It is National Do a Grouch a Favorite Day, which I'm not really sure... Why would we do that? Because they're grumpy, and I usually try to avoid grumpy people, if at all possible. But today, they're encouraging you to embrace the grump and try to get them to, you know, perhaps be less grumpy. According to an article in The Art of Wellness, there are several reasons why you might be feeling grumpy. Grumpy, And we ask you, which of these is not one of the reasons that they listed? Uh, a lack of sunshine was one of them. Um, the food you eat was another, having more than one child, and your diet drink. Which of those, um, uh, you know, was not listed in the list? The other three were. Uh, you said having more than one child, but that's just because you don't have a child. <laughs> if you had more than one child, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes you uncontrollably grumpy. Um, I had some folks say... Uh, food. 
that they don't think food makes you grumpy. Unless, of course, you can't, unless you're hangry. Then it would be the food that you don't eat could be a problem. So I get that. Hey, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be interviewing some producers of uh, a very cool event that is going to be coming up um, at the Academy and uh, and we're going to be talking about this unmarked documentary is what it's called. Uh, it's called Unmarked, and we're going to be talking to the uh, producers about that. And it's coming up on Saturday, and it's a pretty fascinating documentary, so we'll talk about that. Um, all right, now we're getting lots of, yeah, kids, 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 kids. Well, Kara, I'm not surprised that you say that you say kids. For sure. Although we did that story yesterday where the Italian restaurant was saying, you know, no kids under 10. 10 and under, they can't eat at the restaurant because they've had so many kids that were not behaved that they felt like that was something that they that they had to do. So, I don't know. We did have kids on our plane rides to and from Florida, but they did pretty well, I will say. We had an entire cheerleading team going down that was very giggly but but it was fine it was okay and did i tell you yesterday that i held an alligator on my trip to florida i saw a photo on facebook yes i it you was you held yourself a gator i did i held i held a gator they are very cold it was very chilly um but it liked being held it was very strange did you think it'd it make a nice like pair it. of shoes no I don't know that I could ever do that now. I mean, it's like lobster ruined it for me when it would hold a business card and, and like, no, I don't know. But no, I didn't. And now, look, I had some people say you're crazy for doing that, but it was just a little alligator. I mean, although it was probably still four feet long, nose to tail, but. It was, a, it was a bucket list thing. Don't know that I'll do it again. We'll be back with our answer to our Mind Jam trivia and some of the headlines we're going to be covering this morning on the Morning Jam coming up here on BTRN. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. No more, Mr. Clean. Well, there you go. It is uh, it is do a grouch a favor today, uh, day today. And uh, we were asking you about uh, an article in the art of wellness there are several reasons why you may be feeling grumpy which one of these is not a reason that you are feeling grumpy uh lack of sunshine the food you eat having more than one child or your diet drink i will tell you the overwhelming answer was having kids and you said you didn't you thought that was the one that wasn't Uh, yeah i think that's the answer that you think you think that um that that's the answer, um, and you're correct. Uh, that is that is the answer. Look at you getting getting things right um, there. But all the others that we listed are reasons why you could be getting grumpy. Uh, other things include uh, your the diet sweeteners, 
they can make you very grumpy. Your dry cleaning, like chemicals, can interfere with your neurotransmitters. Um, a cold that you had last month can still be impacting your, your mood a month later. Uh, if you have an aversion to, uh, to fat, better skin, weight loss, heart benefits, walking on water, you have no doubt heard about the benefits of omega-3 fatty acids. Okay, not walking on water. Uh, but they are essential to mood. And they're saying if you uh, avoid them, that could be making you grumpy. And then also, if um, if you're dehydrated, don't get enough water, or if you uh, if your gut isn't healthy, they say that can make people really grumpy. So if you have some, um, your body's digestion isn't great. Ninety percent of the body's serotonin, uh, which is uh, is produced in your in your gut. So there you go. Things to remember. Then maybe you won't be so so grumpy. We got a, a caller on the line, a caller who's very upset about uh, a loss that we've experienced, it would seem. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Oh, hello. Did we lose him? Uh, evidently. Huh. Okay. Um, well, what I was referring to is uh, Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch has uh, passed away. Of course, she is, you know, one of the most iconic female beauties in um, in Hollywood, and she passed away following a brief illness. She was 82 years old, and she had a career that spanned 50 years. Just a really beautiful woman. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hi. Get it. Oh, Get it. there he is. Ah, uh, hey, I'm Salty. Here. Are you doing okay, I'm buddy? Here. Are you? Are you there? I'm here, Jenny. <laughs> I'm here. Twice in one week for Salty. Here I am. I'm oh, here. Gosh, Jenny. Where have you been, girl? Oh, I Holy went to Florida. Did, did, was the studio run over with potato chips and Diet <laughs> Dr. Pepper everywhere when you got back? Though they did a pretty Mark's good job. Mark's not here anymore. What are you talking about? I don't drink Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> they yeah, whatever. They did. They did a good job. They did just just a, a good job. It wasn't too bad. So so All I right. saw where you lost one of your loves. Oh my gosh! Oh oh! I got in trouble on Tom Solomon yesterday. Uh oh! I mentioned I mentioned those wonderful qualities that Raquel Welch had. Her legs. You know, they were certain measurements that were just beyond imagination, Janet. Right, right. Make my tape line go crazy. But <laughs> anyway, I, I said a few things, and I'm I'm kind of regretting it because I didn't get give it enough time to breathe. Uh -huh. I was in mourning. Right. I got home. Got home yesterday. I heard the news and and lowered my NASCAR flag to half mast. And, uh, you know, I'm in mourning for the next few days, at least until Daytona race is over. Well, she she certainly was a beautiful woman. And wasn't she in Grumpy Old Men? I think, didn't she? Well, I, wasn't I, she in that? I think she was. Well, I think, it, no, I get her confused with uh, Mar Margaret, uh, what's her name? Uh, one that danced with Elvis. What was her name? Margaret Trump. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I know who you're talking about. You know, I don't. Yeah, she was in Grumpy Old Man. Oh, okay. Now, Raquel Welch, would, she probably was the understudy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, 
<laughs> but, but, oh, you know, I'm a little grumpy, a little sad, but that's where old men go to retire in Florida. All, all the grumpy old men, Janet. I guess so. I guess so. Well, it is It's but certainly favorite, a loss, no doubt. Well, it is. My favorite movie, uh, I said yesterday, was Mother Jugs and Speed. And I'll let you guess which uh, nickname uh, Raquel Welch had uh, out of those three names. It was a real movie about oh. uh, they was in a rescue rescue squad. You can look it up. Uh, okay. You know, Raquel Welch was in it. And Margaret and Sophia Loren were in the and other Margaret, one. That that's was, what I was, I couldn't, yeah, that's right. They're all kind of those iconic yeah. beauties for sure. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Don't get me going, Janet. Uh, well, okay, uh, I won't. I won't. I won't. Um, but she, I mean, 82, she lived a long, a long life. But man, she she certainly was quite the sex symbol, for sure. Oh, she, she was an icon, for sure. Lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just... Uh, just beautiful in every which way. I, I I used to love her when she would appear on those uh, uh, Dean Martin roasts and stuff. She was quite funny. But uh, you know, I'll get over it. I eventually do. You know, uh, of course, Miss Salty's wondering why I'm taking out all these old uh, books uh, with her pictures in it. But I told her I got to pay respect. <laughs> you don't have that. You didn't unfurl the uh, the poster of her in the deerskin bikini, did you? From 1 million oh, B.C.? No, I had to get rid of that. That was one of the... was in my prenuptial with Miss Salty. Had oh, you to had rid to get of rid of it. <laughs> went, oh, goodness. Went down to the county, county line flea market, and I got $10 for it. But, uh, I'll bet anyway. you did. See, well, I, I it, love you guys. We I'm, love I'm, you. I'm glad you made it. I've made it back. And uh, be safe and quit hugging alligators. Go eat gator tail over there at the big <laughs> lick. Salty, it. are you excited for Sunday? Absolutely. It's your Christmas. It's Absolutely. the Daytona 500. <laughs> I, I can't wait for Kyle Bush to crash. I'll see y'all. Oh, oh, oh man. That's not nice. Redneck well, Christmas is the Daytona 500. I didn't know this, but, you know, I'm not that much is, of a... That is Sunday. All right. Very good. Well, it. Uh, I, I'm sure he is very, very sad, uh, as... as is the world uh, of her losing her? She was she was very iconic, no doubt about that. So I hope Salty's going to be okay. I'm sure he will be. Uh, we've got your local headlines coming up from WDBJ Seven. That's going to be on the way here in just a little bit. So we'll uh, check that out for you. Also, Bill Trefiro going to be coming up in a little bit as well, and uh, we'll check that out uh, also for you. Uh, I've got a special five and dine that we're going to be. Uh, doing today involving bacon so i know now i'm interested. now 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 i've got your your interest we did bacon on the um flat top over vacation on the blackstone i had no idea it would do that great a job on bacon but i no, typically do bacon did. in the oven that's how that's how we typically do bacon uh, but i think i'm gonna have to switch it up after having it on the blackstone because it was it was bacon perfection no doubt about it. It was really, really good. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit when we're doing our five and dine on the way. Uh, also, uh, the documentary uh, Unmarked is what it's called. Uh, that's going to be coming up this weekend. And we're going to be talking with the producers of that film, 
in uh, during the show today to to tell you you know what is about what it's about why they are doing the documentary and uh, and how you can see it this weekend. So we'll be talking to them coming up. The screening is going to be Saturday at four thirty at the Academy's Historic Theater. And uh, it's going to be a part of their Black History Month series. And you can reserve your free ticket, but you do have to reserve that. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that on the way in just a little bit. Also, one of the stories that we're going to be covering this morning is a Lynchburg police lieutenant has been found not guilty of a misdemeanor assault charge. That, according to Lynchburg General District Court records, Brian Smith was charged with assault last May. After an incident with his neighbor, you remember that story, um, a call about an assault on Spotswood Place, and uh, the criminal complaint said cell phone video showed Smith, who was off duty, being told multiple times to leave the neighbor's property. He refused to do so and hit the man. And Smith also obtained a warrant for assault and battery against the same man. Court records are now showing that a misdemeanor trespassing charge uh, has been continued until September. So uh, the assault charges, no, but the trespassing apparently still hanging in there. We've got your local and regional headlines ahead. Everything you need to get your Thursday morning started is here on the Morning Jam. Keep our number handy, 866-916-3776. I would love to talk to you. Thanks for being a part of our radio family here on the Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Wyatt. It's partly cloudy to mostly cloudy today with a high of 72. We'll bring a stray shower in as well, turning rainy overnight with a low of 53. Rain expected through the first half of our Friday. Blustery conditions with a high of 64 and temperatures falling through the afternoon. We'll get those clear skies in Friday night with lows running in the upper 20s. Sunny and cool with Saturday highs at 53. And currently this morning, temperatures fairly nice in the region. We have, uh, well, that, that's not it. 54 degrees in Lynchburg, 51 in Bedford, 50 in Roanoke and Salem, 53 in Danville, 53 in Appomattox, and 51 in Amherst this morning. And uh, we have another caller on the line. Good morning. You're on the Morning Jam. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, this is Donald. I'm Hi, totally Donald. blind, which is no big guy. No, oh, hey, youngin. I called every once in a while. But um, one day we're going to talk about blind people, but this is another story. Okay. I went to Governor Moore's Mo- school in Raleigh, no problem, for the blind. And in the library, there was this alligator. I don't know if he was, I don't remember if it was an alligator or a crocodile, but he was, you know, he was about a foot long, and I used to talk to it. No, I'm not crazy. I'm just full of mischief. Okay. Okay. Now, since you since you held the alligator, I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, what do baby alligators say? <laughs> I don't know. This one didn't oh, say anything. On. They go. They go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what is and when the get an adult and the 
males are mating in mating seasons, they bellow, and what did they say? I don't know. Oh, come on, Janet. you got to make some kind of noise. <laughs> they go, <laughs> no, they don't laugh. They go, they go, oh, my. And they say you can hear it for, like, miles away. I'd love to be down there and be close to one, but I'd like to be up in a tree so alligator couldn't get me. Right. So I could hear him. Right. That's right. That would be cool. It would be cool. But and one, one more thing. A friend of mine went, I can't remember if it's Disneyland or Disney World in, in Florida or in, in California, but anyway, a friend of mine went to the one in Florida, and this woman was putting her head in an alligator's mouth, oh. and they said that uh, the alligator wouldn't bite you because it wasn't hungry. Hello. What if he decided to close his mouth and your skull is in there? Goodbye, person. Yeah. No. 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 Not, none of. No. I ain't sticking my. I ain't uh-uh. sticking my head in no. I ain't sticking mouth. anything right. near their mouth. I don't care what it is. <laughs> me. Uh, yeah. You got to respect <laughs> the gator. <laughs> Thank you That's for calling right. in this morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, so I made funny. you laugh and it was cool. You All right, did. Talk All to right. You later. See ya. I will say this. So I was on an airboat. Youngin. I was on an airboat in Florida. You're saying that wrong. It's an airboat. 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 Well, I was on an airboat. I don't know what you were on, but that's what I was on. And it was very cool. And he took us into, basically took us into the swamps. And there are these natural springs that would come up. And the water was like super clear. And you could see all this great wildlife. Well, he took us into this one just pristine area. And it had the Spanish moss hanging down, and the water was so clear in this kind of lagoon area. And there was a big old mama gator there who was probably 10 to 12 feet long, I- I'm, I'm guessing. And there was probably about six baby alligators all along the, the, the edge there. Uh, to, and so that was really cool to be able to, to see all of that. But a- apparently... Um, the mama runs dad off after business is taken care of because he'll eat the, you know, the babies. So it's it was very interesting to hear him talk about that. And then somebody on the tour asked, how many alligator deaths do you have in this in this area? And he said, well, you know, or, or how many alligator injuries, something like that. And then I said, let me rephrase that. How many unprovoked alligator deaths do you have? And he said, oh, I could answer that one really quickly. None. Because <laughs> almost 100% of the time, it's because people are being stupid. That's why they end up getting hurt. <laughs> so um, other than we did hold the little alligator, but we kept a safe distance from from everybody else and then there's an alligator that lives near larry and dayla his name is tripod because he only has three legs but he's he moves a lot faster than you would think i will say that well ralph waldo emerson said this let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that i am persecuted whenever i am contradicted so it would seem that this has been going on for quite some time now but now it seems like we really are actually persecuting people and in, intentionally um, rejecting people in certain situations uh, simply because, well, I mean, let's face it, even just the color of your skin, that seems to be taking place. I thought we had moved well beyond that, but it would seem that maybe that is not the case. 
in in some situations, particularly at a school in California where they were having a uh, a meeting or I guess um, a celebration for Black History Month. And this California school held an event for employees of color, but warned educators not to invite their white peers because feelings of uneasiness and mistrust would be present. The Acclaims Union High School District in the California Bay Area hosted an event for all employees of color in February on the 8th, but the Director of Student Support, Equity, and Inclusion, now think about that, Equity and inclusion reminded employees that their non-white peers would not be invited to participate. Says, hello, POCC staff. We're ready for our first coming together. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing our people of color in the district. Please invite any employee of color to this event, but be reminded that we have avoided inviting people that are not of color as there remains feelings of uneasiness and mistrust, and we need this to be a safe space for our people of color. Please reach out if you have any questions. I mean, what is happening here? Your whole job is to bring people together. Do you not think that even wording that that way would foster an atmosphere of mistrust? I just, it, and, and if you held if you held a meeting for white people and you say we're avoiding inviting any person of color to this because of uneasiness and mistrust, how do you think that would go over if you did that? I don't think it would go over very well. This area has kind of emerged as a battleground in the education debate in recent years, including frustrations about leadership, which mounted during the pandemic and brought to light a, a lack of leadership. Uh, Mark Woolway is the father of four who ran for the district school board. And he said he faced tremendous social pressure to hold certain views in the community. And he said that's a reflection of this broader problem that there's no diversity of opinions or thoughts. All these school boards' votes are five to nothing, again, reflecting this worldview that has been imposed upon our children. And, of course, this isn't the only school district that's coming under fire. Last year, uh, Centennial Elementary School in Denver, Colorado, was criticized for hosting a Families of Color Playground Night. Our school leaders met with some of the black families whose children attended our school and determined ways for these families to feel more included in our school community. Some of these families shared with us that since the only time many of them see one another is at drop-off and pickup times, that we host some events where black families can meet one another, connect with one another, share their experience about the school with one another, and we honor their request. All families are welcome to attend all of our events and families from a variety of backgrounds have done so. Uh, the Wheeler School in Rhode Island, where a teacher invited students to attend a celebrity event for students of color, which was open to anyone who identifies as a student of color, are multiracial. Okay. Am I the only one who feels like we're going backwards here? Because I feel like we're absolutely going 
backwards. It's unbelievable to me. 866-916-3776. How do we get here and how do we undo this trend of just reverse racism is what it feels like. In Alaska, speaking of people not tolerating any other view, an Alaska school board member stood up against the vice president as he attempted to shut down a dad who was speaking out against sexually explicit materials in school libraries. It says, we hear so much about diversity, inclusion, and equity and how it's one of the main objectives of the school board, the dad, Jay McDonald, said in an Anchorage school board meeting on the 7th. We don't often see specific examples of what diversity, inclusion, and equity might look like. So today I brought an excellent representation. This is like the archetype of diversity, inclusion, and equity material that's in one of the books that was just recently purchased in our libraries. The examples of diversity, equity, and inclusion the father raised was a book with pornographic imagery and sexual advice called Let's Talk About It. In one example, the book unpacks kinks, fantasies, and pornography. There's nothing wrong with enjoying some pornography, the book said. It's a fun, sugary treat. When consumed right, Porn can help you discover new aspects of your sexuality. A great place to research fantasies and kink safety safely is on the internet, the book said. There are tons of people and communities out there who share your interest and have all kinds of advice. This may be one of the most dangerous books that could possibly be in a school library as I've personally known a lot of people who have had their children destroyed by online pornography. As a matter of fact, I have a very good friend who I absolutely adore whose son uh, has been charged with murdering a woman in Northern Virginia And his whole derailment started at the age of 12 with online pornography, violent pornography. And one thing this book gets right, there's a lot of people out there who who share that propensity towards sin and degradation. Now, the best part about this or the worst part about this is when he tried to bring this out into and shed some light on it in this meeting as he was reading from a portion of the book which provided tips on children to send naked pictures to their peers, the dad said, this book is for kids. The book states, quote, so before you start sending your naughty masterpieces around the world, take some time to get friendly with photo editing software and apps, it said. At that point, the vice president of the board interrupted the father and demanded he stop his comments. I'm going to interrupt you at this point, Just sounds like you have a concern about a book. I'll be glad to get connected to the superintendent or team to go through the appropriate process. The dad replied, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't interrupt my time. Um, Evidently, this 
unraveled into a major fight during the meeting. So if you come out and you speak out during these meetings, not only are you going to get pushback, it's going to get pretty ugly with a pushback. Do you know what your kids are reading in the library? That's what I want to know. Do you know? If you've got, if I had kids in school right now, you better believe I would be all up in that library making sure, especially that this book isn't in there. Let's talk about it. That's the name of the book. A Teen's Guide to Sex, Relationships, and Being a Human. I don't think so. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. So, Evidel Market, uh, your Midtown grocer in Lynchburg, has a fantastic price on Sugardale bacon right now. Uh, regular or thick cut, $2.98 for a 12-ounce pack. I recommend you stock up. I did. Uh, today's recipe is going to include that wonderful bacon and a bacon cauliflower salad, which is it's really terrific. And it's really great to make ahead of time, and then you can take it for lunch. You're going to start with a medium head of cauliflower, and you're going to chop that up along with a half of a medium red onion, finely diced, two hard-boiled eggs, peeled and chopped, Eight slices of that bacon cooked and crumbled. You'll put that on at the end. A cup of shredded cheddar cheese, a half a cup of Duke's, one teaspoon of mustard, and some salt and pepper to taste. It's going to end up tasting like a delicious potato salad. And if you really want it to taste like potato salad, just cook that cauliflower a little bit. But if you prefer it crunchy, you can just leave it raw and eat it that way. Salt and pepper it to taste. Put all the ingredients in a bowl, refrigerate it for at least an hour before serving, and then I like to put the bacon on separately because I like for it to stay crunchy. But it's good after it's been left in there as leftovers as well. Uh, it's very keto-friendly if uh, you're doing that kind of thing, but it's also just simply delicious. You want to see the recipe? Just go to Janet's Five and Dine on Facebook. It's brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are the morning jam. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself. Our number, 866-916-3776. We would love to hear from you uh, this morning. If you would like to uh, join in the conversation, we've had several people weigh in on uh, the text line about some of the stories that we just brought to you. Um, the The whole inclusion piece out of California where they're having these events uh, for people of color, but don't invite your, your white, uh, you know, co-workers. I mean, how are people supposed to be educated about other people? groups if if we're not if we're completely taken out of the conversation it's just pretty uh pretty unbelievable dander said uh, how hypocritical to exclude people at an exclusion event yeah i mean that was the whole the whole title of the person's role and then uh and then the book of course that could do so much damage to our children um someone else asked for the the name of the book again uh, let's talk about it is is what that book was called 
the the book that the father was speaking out about in Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, the one that referred to pornography as a fun, sugary treat. And the best place to explore it is on the Internet, boys and girls. So there you go. That's what some of our schools. Wait, are. it's on the Internet? <laughs> yeah, it is on I the didn't Internet. I know that. It's definitely on the. I'm sure you didn't because you only look at Playboy for the I, articles. I've never touched one of those in my life. I'm sure you haven't because it's now all online. So, all right. Um, if you're thinking about. <laughs> if you're thinking. You, anything. you shouldn't have. You should just. No, left, I, I wanted to get you something funny. Left it, left it alone. Um, electric cars. There are folks out there who are uh, who are are using them. A lot of people really, you know, pushing it. Certainly, the current administration they're wanting to get rid of gas-powered vehicles sooner rather than later. A couple took an electric car on a fifteen hundred mile road trip just to see, you know, what that experience was like. An Axios reporter took a Kia EV6 on a road trip. And what did she learn from this trip? Well, let's find out. She and her husband stopped to charge the car 12 times over the course of the trip from Michigan to Florida. She said one of the things that she learned is the U.S. is not ready for an electric car revolution. She said taking an electric car on a road trip was a stressful experience, at least for them. Uh, They took the Kia EV6 on a cross-country trip from Michigan to Florida. Joanne Muller said her husband took the electric car and she joined him partway through to see if the U.S. is really ready for this mass EV adoption that the current administration is pushing. While electric cars are becoming more prevalent, charging infrastructure is just not what it should be. We've been saying that on this show for several years now. We're constantly thinking about where we're going to charge next. It occupied our minds more than where we were going to eat or spend the night. They stopped 12 times to recharge the car, which had an estimated battery range of 274 miles over the course of a 1,500-mile four-day journey. And the charging times were between 20 to 55 minutes. So... You have to stop an hour to charge a car. The reporter said that while they were never afraid of really getting stranded, the trip took a lot more planning than a traditional vehicle would. They had to juggle route planning apps and billing accounts with various charging companies, which got very confusing, as well as dealing with glitchy chargers. She said her husband drove the car alone from Detroit to Washington, where they met up to head to Florida. During his solo portion of the trip, he said he was so anxious about the drain cold temperatures would have on the battery, he didn't use heat in the car, choosing instead to rely only on the heated steering wheel and seats. While the EV ranges continue to improve, Charging infrastructure still poses a major hurdle. Now, and, and just imagine when you've got more of those on the road, and then you've only got two charging stations. Muller is far from the first EV driver to experience the charging hassle. Tech YouTuber Marquis Brownlee also said in a video he believed the hassle of public charging is ruining electric cars. 
Of course, earlier this year, the Biden administration rolled out $5 billion in funding to, you know, add more to the inept infrastructure that we already have. It it was interesting. I'm not anti-electric car. I just think we've got a lot of work to do before we're anywhere near ready to roll out what they're talking about. Coming up, Bill Trefiro is going to be reporting to us from our Roanoke News Desk. And we've got some special guests coming in studio to talk about a documentary that's going to be presented at the Academy this weekend. We'll get you all the details coming up on The Morning Jam. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Wyatt's partly cloudy to mostly cloudy today with a high of 72 will bring a stray shower in as well, turning rainy overnight with a low of 53. Rain expected through the first half of our Friday, blustery conditions with a high of 64 and temperatures falling through the afternoon. We'll get those clear skies in Friday night with lows running in the upper 20s, sunny and cool with Saturday highs at 53. Okay. And currently 51 degrees in Roanoke and Salem, 54 in Danville, 52 in Bedford, 55 in Lynchburg, 54 in uh, Appomattox, and 52 in the Amherst area. Well, we have a special guest coming in this morning, and we're excited to uh, welcome him uh, to us. Brad Bennett is joining us this morning, and uh, I'm excited about this project that you're bringing to the Lynchburg area. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Janet. So this is going to be coming up on Saturday at the Academy, and the uh, the documentary is going to be shown at 4 o'clock. Now, is this going to be in the, the big theater? Yes, is, in uh, the historic theater. Oh, in the historic theater, yes. not in the um, yeah. warehouse. Excellent. Yeah. So there's going to be lots of seats available for that. Uh, this is called Unmarked. And I find it really, really fascinating. Let's talk about what Unmarked is and how your journey began to tell this story. Sure. So I've always been fascinated with American history, mm-hmm. but even just history here in the South. Um, and so I, uh, I heard a story on the radio some time ago about a black cemetery in Richmond, Virginia, that... Folks couldn't get back to where uh, their family was buried. They couldn't access it? Yeah, they couldn't get back there because the, <clears throat> it was actually a segregated cemetery. And mm-hmm. uh, the people there were, uh, they, the families there, rather, sorry, were um, just maintaining the burial grounds there. Mm-hmm. But you would have to, like, be there to really understand uh, the way in which it looked, the visual there, it's like basically a forest. And so it's not a normal cemetery where you're going in where it's like a flat land, manicured lawns, things like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, it's like literally it's overrun. Like, it's yeah. overrun for sure. And so it just, it kind of grasped me when I heard that, you know, people couldn't even get back to where their families were buried. You know, I thought to myself, you know, if that was my own family, I'd be up in arms. Right. So I went to Richmond, uh, met with a lot of the uh, descendants there, um, people that tried to take care of their family's graves for a number of years, but just there's so much acreage. I think there's 
some 15,000 graves mm-hmm. between the two uh, cemeteries. And um, it's just, it was hard to maintain. So they, they actually had volunteer efforts come out and people just on weekends volunteering, trying to clean it up and whatnot. So I just started connecting with them and um, wanted to know more about their family history. So for lots of grave sites of burial grounds, especially for enslaved people, mm-hmm. um, they've just kind of disappeared. They, yeah. they um, over over time, yeah. you have those generations of people who would try to maintain them. Uh, it, it becomes overrun, as you say. Sure. And then that next generation, you know, people move away. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not as engaged and in, in touch with their, their history for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they've, they've started kind of disappearing and, and they've been forgotten. Yes. Uh, so there, but there are still these sites where there are thousands of people sure. that, yeah. that can be and are being mm-hmm. restored right yes. now. No, it's huge. And, um, it's just neat being able to, to document that process because even, you're hearing more about it now, mm-hmm. but you know, largely people haven't been able to to find these grave sites up right. until recent years. And you and you know, you have this for uh, enslaved people, and then you you also have this, well, for poor people in general, yeah, uh, for Native Americans, oh, you sure. know, sure. that that are yeah, our, runs the gamut. our our family um, had to work. And and people donated money to get a headstone mm. for a Cherokee woman who yeah. had married somebody in in the Rose family, mm. and and for a long time they wouldn't let them put a headstone in there. Um, it had to be unmarked, yeah. and so even that that type of story I think is pretty fascinating uh, to hear. It's exciting to think that these are going to be able to to be recovered and be restored because you know they are all there together mm. so in this documentary um who are you talking to during this uh process well we let the descendants really kind of tell the story because mm-hmm. you know it's not i could go into a said cemetery or area and try to tell a story from best i could know but they literally have the oral history and i think that's huge because that's absolutely part of, of uh so much of the african-american community it's like they all they have largely are these passed down stories because mm-hmm. if we go back to like you know unmarked graves period where they're you know the history of slavery you know that slaves were not allowed to read or write so right like a lot of these headstones are literal rocks you know there's no markings at all so, so there's they, no there's no writing on them at all no ma'am no I carvings mean, or anything yeah no if if it was an enslaved burial site for sure um, so is there any documentation at all? Did anybody document the deaths of, of these people? Um, and how would you begin to even, how would that even work? Sure. You know, I mean, you have to go by the oral history. I yeah, guess. the oral history. It could be a prominent family to where mm-hmm. that would show up. We don't actually cover specific individuals in the film. It's just more or less getting out the word mm-hmm. of of you know, some of these uh, uh, burial sites. So what is uh, what is being done in, in order to preserve this part of America's history? Has there been traction gained to uh, uh, to put? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we we go to many sites in central Virginia. I think that's that's what's so special about this screening this weekend. Uh, we hit up 
uh, Appomattox um, Sweetbriar mm-hmm. College, which I don't know if you know, it used to be a plantation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of effort to um, to discover a lot of these different sites. Uh, the, there's been a movement with GPR in recent years, which is like ground penetrating radar to kind right. of find some of these burial sites. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's like that that technology's um, been able come a to long kind of, way. yeah come a long way for sure. So if people want to see this um, on Saturday, what's the best way for them to to do that? Sure. So if they were to go to academycenter.org and reserve tickets there, um, tickets are free, by the way. So yeah, if they but they got to sign up for them. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So you just reserve them online. And um, you'll be able to come in. Um, so basically, doors open at three thirty. Um, there's a special live performances from some of the musicians that oh, are nice. featured in the film. So that's at four, and then the film itself starts promptly at four thirty. So let's talk about that. Who sure. did the music? So Jordan, Jordan Preston, who's my um, kind of co-producer of this event. Uh, he was the, our lead music director, and he worked with local artists to uh, compose some of the um, original music that's in the film. Okay. So he's he he's a big part of uh, this event this weekend. Nice. Well, we're going to put a link up mm-hmm. to um, uh, for, for people to just go in and get their sure. get their tickets. How long is the the documentary? It's about forty minutes long. About forty minutes yeah. long, and uh, if they want to find out more about the film. Yes. They can go to unmarkedfilm.com. Correct. What's up next for you? Oh, man. Wrangling that child I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so do you have more um, more documentaries that you're planning on? I mean, I hope on? so. I, you know, I'm an uh, independent filmmaker and video producer outside of um, my day job. So. so you've got all kinds of irons in the fire, don't for you? For sure, yeah. In addition to being a dad exactly i got you yeah. i got you well we uh we appreciate you joining us this morning we're going to get that information up Perfect. on our Thank facebook you. page uh it is called unmarked and uh and one of the lines says if we don't save our past we will lose it and we will and we don't want that to happen so we're going to put that uh we're going to put that up on our facebook page if you're available to go and watch it here's your chance to see it absolutely free and it looks like a, a really fascinating um, uh, documentary. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Brad. We really appreciate it. appreciate it. Coming up, the CDC says that teen girls are experiencing record high levels of sadness and violence. We're going to take a look at that story coming up here on The Morning Jam. Our number, 866-916-3776. We would love to hear from you this morning. We'll be back with that story on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the morning jam. But then if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? The word jam. To pack something tightly. A machine seizing or becoming stuck. A sweet preserve made from fruit. A common sense radio talk show. The morning jam. 
Good morning. It's Janet Rose on the Morning Jam. I'm glad to have you along on this Thursday. Thanks for making us a part of your morning. Appreciate that. Our number, 866-916-3776. As promised, I put that link up to the documentary uh, that we were just talking to Brad about. He was telling us off the air about uh, some really famous people who are buried in, in some of these unmarked grave sites there in the Richmond area, including the first woman, uh, African-American woman, who started her own bank, which is pretty fascinating. And, uh, and that's in the documentary as well. Well, a new report shared by the CDC is shining a light on some disturbing data that's showing that teen girls are experiencing record high levels of violence and sadness, as well as a marked increase in suicide risk. In the statement is a, uh, it's, uh, the data is uh, shared alongside a 98-page youth risk behavior survey. The CDC's current chief medical officer pointed to the need for a greater availability of prevention programs at the high school level, arguing that such programs can prove critical to those experiencing trauma at such an un- a young age. It says high school should be a time for trailblazing, not trauma these data show our kids need far more support to cope hope and thrive now could it be that part of this is because we're creating so much confusion for our children right now everybody thinks they're doing these marvelous things for our kids opening up their minds to the possibilities of you could be any gender you want to be. You could be any color you want to be. You know, being a kid is hard enough under the best circumstances, trying to find their way and make their way. But we've made it so much more difficult now between trying to figure out, you know, what your gender is to trying to make sure you don't get shot at school. Is it any wonder we're seeing some of these reports? The data was gathered in late 2021, and it marks the first data of this kind to be collected since the beginning of the pandemic. Key findings include, but are not limited to, the following. Nearly three in five teen girls, uh, 57%, felt persistently sad or hopeless. Nearly one in three have seriously considered Suicide. One in three. Almost one in five experienced sexual violence over the past year, and more than one in ten said they had been forced to have sexual relations. The later statistic stands not only as the first increase in this category since the agency first started tracking data, but also marks the 27% increase when compared to the same stat from 2019. The number of teen girls who reported sexual violence over the past year was shown to have risen 20% since 2017. Broken down further, the newly released data shows similarly alarming increases elsewhere. Roughly 52% of the, here it is, LGBTQIA plus students in this age group, were found to have reported poor mental health conditions. 
22% reported having attempted suicide, not thinking about it, but doing it. The findings come uh, as remarks from the Surgeon General last month specifically suggested that 13 was too early to be active on social media platforms. Hmm. Even though we have books in, in libraries, as we reported earlier this week, telling our teenagers that, yeah, sure, explore porn. It's a sugary treat. And, and it's easy to, to research it online. Those are the books that are in our school libraries. I think that it's time early adolescent where kids are developing their identity and sense of self. It's a time that's really important for us to be thoughtful about what's going on and, and how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships. If you think we're not contributing to the trauma that these kids are going through, you are kidding yourself with these trends that our schools are going into because they think they're helping these kids by keeping information from their parents, by having them indulge every fleeting thought that enters their head. If you think that's not contributing to these numbers, you are kidding yourself. 866-916-3776. Am I alone here? Because this is a real problem. And it, it's a problem that we just turn a blind eye to. And most people are just ignoring. Because that's not going to happen here. That's going to happen other places. But that's not going to affect our children, right? Liberal talk show, The View, they're getting beat up a little bit which is uh, kind of interesting, I think. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley threw her hat into the ring officially saying that she's seeking the Republican nomination for president in 2024. That wasn't a big surprise to anybody, I don't think. Does that seem early? She's doing it now? Like, um, I think I think people were expecting it anyway. Okay. And she probably... I guess Trump already did it technically, so... I think she I think she's got to kind of dip her toe in the water and and see, you know, kind of what the response is going to be. So no, I'm not surprised about that. I mean, it is 2023. All I know is I can't wait till uh, the Mike Pence Donald Trump debate that's going to happen during these nomination ceremonies. Well, that's going to be I'm looking forward to the Santos. It's going to be well, one. no, I mean I just meant in terms of how that relationship went from, you know, friendly to they really don't like each other anymore. I don't think they ever liked each other. That, I think they that tolerated. Is probably, yeah. I think they tolerated each other. I think Trump knew he needed Pence, and and Pence was Just trying to get it, a, it, it. Trump was a necessary evil. I think yeah. um, probably is, is uh, that's my my take on it. Uh, Haley said she is running to bring a new generation of leadership to the Republican Party. Uh, however. The ladies on The View weren't particularly happy about the announcement. Not that anybody's really shocked about that. Uh, Co-host Whoopi Goldberg attacked the former U.N. ambassador for failing to admit America was not perfect and accusing her of no longer knowing right from wrong. So, Nikki, you know that since you've been asleep all this time, Mm -hmm. you just woke up and you're just finding out that there are things in our country that are not perfect, Goldberg said, appearing upset. And for us to pretend... That, that nothing happened is ridiculous. You're not saying anything new. 
Fox News, uh, Greg Gutfeld blasted Goldberg for a comment saying construction workers have more respect for women than the women on The View. I would agree with that. He uh, spoke to how hateful they are. I've never seen women more vile to other women than on The View. Absolutely true. We're going to the phone lines now. Good morning. You're on uh, The Morning Jam. Hi. Hey, guys. How y'all going? Good. Talking about The View. Glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you all. God. Yeah, don't even get me started with that. But uh, the vice presidential thing, what Trey was talking about, I don't think any any president has actually liked their vice president. Because look at JFK and, and Johnson. They oh, hated Lord. each other. Uh, uh, then you got... Uh, Oh, Biden, Biden and, and Joe, Kamala. they didn't like each other. Obama, didn't. Obama and Biden, they didn't like each other. They seemed like they liked each other. Maybe yeah, I just they fell for it. Yeah. If he liked him, yeah, he would have supported I, so, him earlier. Well, Reagan and Bush, they didn't like each other either. They just kind of got put together because George W. George H. Bush was a rhino and, and Reagan wasn't, so they had to kind of force George H. Bush into... Uh, Reagan's crap, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's that that happens. I I don't think uh, I think Megan Kelly is right that more people that get into this uh, presidential race in the Republican side is going to allow Trump to win again because if they get twenty people in, it's going we're going to have the same result as twenty sixteen. That's what Megan Kelly said on her podcast the other day. But, uh, I don't know. That, it's gonna be interesting. I think that could, I think that could work, and uh, I'm, of course, I'm hoping Trump gets in and Ugh. wins. But I do like Nikki Haley too. But you know, and and I, you know, look at the. I was listening to Matt Taibbi and uh, Joe Rogan yesterday, and they were talking about the the Democrats have no no bullpen, none, not one. Because they, they were going over all the candidates. They were like, well, uh, Gavin Newsom, people don't like him. I think he's kind of sleazy. Even their own, even their own, so, his own people don't like him. I mean, he's ruined California. Well, Kamala, Kamala, nobody likes her. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, enough said right there. Um, you know, it's just, it, they got they got nothing, so they're gonna have to run Joe. So I think we're gonna get Joe versus Trump again. That's what I think. I hope not. I really hope not. Well, that's that's what's gonna happen. So well, that's, we'll see. I'm that's DeSantis what the all the to way, baby. Like, you know? DeSantis yeah, all just, the way. Yeah, I'm not too. I mean, I like him, but I think at 40 years old, he needs a little more experience stuff. Well, let me tell you, he's he got Florida rocking and rolling. He, well, I so mean, does Christy Noem in South Dakota. She's a good governor. So, uh, you know, and I just think when the rhinos start lining yeah, up. Yeah, but people aren't Santa, lining up to of, move to South Dakota. They are lining up to move to, to Florida for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Hey, thanks for calling. Got to go to break. It's time for your Morning Jam weather brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Wyatt's partly cloudy to mostly cloudy today with a high of 72 will bring a stray shower in as well, turning rainy overnight with a low of 53. Rain expected through the first half of our Friday, blustery conditions with a high of 64 and temperatures falling through the afternoon. We'll get those clear skies in Friday night with lows running in the upper 20s, sunny and cool with Saturday highs at 53.
And currently, we have uh, nice temperatures throughout the region this morning. Looks like we have a, a good day to look forward to right now in the Lynchburg area. We have uh, 47 degrees in uh, Mon- uh, in the Monroe Amherst area, 55, 56 in Appomattox, uh, 53 in Salem, and Roanoke, 55 in Danville. Well, just when you think there can't be another Indiana Jones movie, there is. The and trailer was for, during the Super Bowl. The Indiana Jones 5 uh, director is saying it's not going to be your typical Indiana Jones movie. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny says that um, 80-year-old Harrison Ford is going to be seen portraying a grizzled older version of the adventurous archaeological professor Americans have watched for decades. And it says uh, he says that Indiana Jones will be grappling with growing older in a changing world. And he's going to be playing a 70-year-old in the film, it would seem. Uh, They say it's not just a movie about a hero in his twilight years who's called back into action. And it's more than just his bones might ache. It's that his soul might ache or that some of his optimism or sense of fitting into the world may have evaporated. Sounds kind of depressing, actually. Uh, The mistake you can make in movies, and we've all seen movies like this, is where someone is of a ripe age, but the entire movie continues to charade along as if they're not aging. And, And I agree with that. He emphasized that part of this change is because the first three films were clustered around World War II, and and that's it's very, you know, black and white there. You know where the good is, where the evil is, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. He says this one is going to be taking place in New York City in the modern era of 1969. And they are going to be showing him younger and older. And they're using some, um, I guess, CGI stuff to do, to yeah, do some and of that. Yeah, he said that they used, like, old footage as well I'm sure. of him. Well, I mean, he's got a, a pretty large body of work that they could probably pull from. Um, by showing him at his most hearty and then finding him at 70 in New York City, it gives the audience a kind of whiplash, they say. Uh, you're left with a multi-layered perception of his character both with what he was and how he is now. And um, that's in the first 20 minutes of the movie. I, I, I want to see it. I'd like to see it. I think it would be good. Um, in the age of reboots and spinoffs that are slammed for disrespecting their source material, some commentators are already sounding the alarm that the new film will disparage the franchise. It sounds like they're giving people a heads up. To make sure that they know this is not, this is not the Indiana Jones that you grew up with, it would seem. And I guess that's why they end up changing characters a lot. And instead of keeping the same person playing Batman, you don't see Batman, you know, at 70. You just get a new Batman and they keep them in his prime. So I guess that's why we do. But it's going to be interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to want to see it. Uh, Well, here's an Indiana story that I don't love. An Indiana church employee, 72-year-old Indiana woman, is going to be spending a few years in federal prison after transferring 
nearly $574,000 from a Catholic church and its associated school to her personal accounts. The Department of Justice announced Monday that Marie Carson of Indianapolis pled guilty to wire fraud after 13 years of handling money as a business manager for the parish. She was the sole staff member responsible for processing checks received from parishioners and conducting financial transactions on behalf of the church and school for over a decade. Well, that's your first problem. Court documents said she illegally transferred the large sum of over a half a million dollars. They say the actual monetary loss is likely to be much higher as she admitted that she began her scheme in 2004. The theft was exposed in November of 21 when she was on leave from her position and her temporary replacement noticed suspicious transfers from the parish's gaming account to an external bank account, according to the Department of Justice. Further investigation led to the discovery of $289,000 moved into multiple accounts, including a phantom account in the church's name. Pretty complex. She was reportedly able to maintain the scheme for so long because she was making false entries into a database used by the parish to track payments. The Department of Justice said Carson and her husband used a significant amount of money for casino gambling and an annual month-long vacation to Florida. In more than 13 years, this defendant abused her position. They say her sentence is a clear message to those considering stealing, defrauding, and embezzlement. The United States Attorney said her greed and desire for lavish vacations outweighed her interest in following the dictates of our criminal laws and the teachings of her church, Thou shalt not steal. They say the scheme was fueled by pure greed. They also said her deception ultimately landed her behind bars, despite the potential short-term benefits. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's two years. In addition to her sentence, she'll be on probation for two years following her prison release. She also has to pay the amount uh, back. I don't know how she's going to do that, because who's going to hire her? I can't imagine that people will be lining up. To hire her, probably not. Lynchburg City School administrators are considering metal detectors for security. They're weighing the options of trying to keep students safer in this way. The uh, They said that one anonymous parent said they're traumatic on the students. They're increasing in number. Uh, That's how he described a string of lockdowns and incidents within the Lynchburg City Schools. His son goes to E.C. Glass. That's where the most recent lockdown took place. The latest on January 25th, students hid in their classrooms for nearly eight hours after police said a 14-year-old had threatened the principal. The parent went on to say, in conversations I've had with him, They say, we know at any moment there's someone at any moment, at any time, someone in the school that has a weapon who, if they could choose to utilize it, they certainly, if they would choose to utilize it, they certainly could. That's what one parent said. He and other parents are now pushing for more protection, including metal detectors. 
Everyone I've talked to, said the parent, wants this. Metal detectors are one component that's in consideration. They're also working through exactly how that would work in the future. He did say there's a lot of moving parts to the process. It's not just simply buying the metal detector. It's how do you staff them? How do you place them? How do you ensure that we make sure that throughout the school division, not in just one or two schools, that there are opportunities to do that? They're also talking about other options and working closely with the Lynchburg Police Department to brainstorm the best ways to protect students. And they're also saying if the public has any recommendations, that they are encouraged to reach out to school officials. You know, it saddens me that we're at a point now to where metal detectors seem to be what we're going to, I think we're going to start seeing them everywhere, honestly. That would be my guess. Not just, uh, not just in schools. I think we're going to see them in a, a lot of different places, probably. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Today on Five and Dine, we're going to be featuring F&L's Sugardale Bacon. It's on sale for $2.98 a pack and I use it in this delicious cauliflower salad. Now, you can make this salad you know, raw and crunchy and delicious, or you can cook that cauliflower a little bit, and it tastes more like uh, a potato salad without all the carbs. Uh, This is what you're going to do. You're going to start with a head of cauliflower, medium size. You're going to dice that up with half of a medium red onion, two hard-boiled eggs. You're going to take a cup of shredded cheddar cheese, a half a cup of Duke's mayonnaise, a teaspoon of mustard, and salt and pepper. Combine all that into the bowl, stir it to mix it, and then you're going to, at the very end, after you refrigerate it, this is how I do it, refrigerate it at least an hour before serving it. And then you're going to cook up eight slices of bacon. I like to, to fix it in the oven. It gets beautiful, crispy, keeps the grease off the top of your uh, oven, and it does a really nice job. Cook up and crumble eight slices of the bacon, and then I like to just put a little bit of that on the top as I'm serving it. You can certainly mix it in, and that's good too. I just like it to stay a little bit crunchier, so that's why I put it on later. It's uh, very keto-friendly if that's what you're looking for, or maybe you're just wanting to back off some of the carbs in your diet. It's a good way to do that. You can find the recipe by going to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes we share brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. All my troubles seem so far away. Well, we're glad you're joining us here on this Thursday morning of the Morning Jam. If you missed our interview earlier in the day about uh, that documentary that's going to be showing at the uh, Academy this Saturday, unmarked, be sure to check out our SoundCloud a little bit later on this morning and you'll be able to uh, find out more about that. You can go and view that absolutely free, but you do have to get your ticket in advance and you can find that on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked our Facebook page yet, you need to do that. Just look up the Morning Jam on Facebook. Well, our hearts go out to the those lost in that fatal military helicopter crash that happened yesterday afternoon 
near Huntsville, Alabama. We know at least two people are dead following that uh, helicopter crash. The Madison County Sheriff's Office said it happened around 3 p.m. at the intersection of Burwell Road and Highway 53. And they say the helicopter caught fire upon impact. They shared that there were two individuals in the helicopter. Both of them uh, died. No cars or pedestrians, thankfully, were injured as a result of the crash. Uh, It was a Black Hawk uh, helicopter, and they're still not sure exactly what led up to the fatal crash. They, uh, of course, had to urge motorists to take alternative routes during that highway closure. And uh, it's it's just not something that you hear of very very often uh so evidently something happened during the uh during the flight for them to go down like that but our our hearts certainly go out uh to those families who who lost those individuals uh yesterday afternoon just very sad story rural americans are being hit harder by inflation that's what economists are saying and uh they're confident about that They say what they're less sure of is how big the disadvantage is for rural residents. Uh, Tessa Conroy, an economic development specialist at the University of Wisconsin, says that rural households are getting sort of nickel and dimed on inflation. She said they recently completed an analysis of the impact on rural America, looking at over 2,000 non-metro counties, those places where the largest town is less than 10,000 people, And they said these are areas um, uh, are home to about 14% of the U.S. population. And they say almost everything in rural America is more expensive except for housing. But even if the mortgage rent is cheaper, they're more likely to be facing higher heating and cooling costs with older, less energy efficient homes. They say the housing expenses are sort of a yin and yang. Natural gas and heating oil are 25% more expensive now than they were a month ago. And neither Wheeler nor Conroy believes lower housing costs in rural areas are enough to fill that gap of the increases that that they're seeing. Um, They say the big question is going to be how rural communities uh, are doing. I will say I will say this about rural folks. I would put my money on them surviving this far better than some of those in the urban areas just because they're used to doing more with less. I mean, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. It's just a kind of a fact of life for them. And um, and so I, I suspect that even though it's a difficult time for them, that maybe they're going to be doing okay um, just because they are, are going to be the ones that are going to have more of a, a tendency to grow their own foods and uh, now, there are certainly food deserts in those rural areas. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we see a lot of that in in regions, but hopefully they're going to be able to be very resilient. Well, Jane Fonda's back in the news. She, uh, of course, she's, she's in the 80 for Brady, along with Sally Field, Rita Moreno, and Lily Tomlin. Tom Brady's actually going to retire. He filed the letter, so I can I can believe it's not a PR stunt for his movie now. Okay, but well, I still think he can come back. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I when I see it. Yeah. I don't. I still don't believe it. Uh, she has admitted to accepting a date from a ninety-year-old. Now she's eighty-five. I date Jane Fonda. You would date Jane Fonda. I mean, she's still Jane Fonda. Exactly. 
But eh, she's eighty five. I mean, she's, she's still she's beautiful. A, she's eighty five, but she's, she's just, still beautiful. I'm just saying. She's one of the most unpatriotic, just, just disgusting people. I don't have to have a conversation but that's, with her. But that's fine. Huh? You you wouldn't have that conversation with her. No. You wouldn't talk about that. Okay. Well, don't mention. Well, actually, you know, if you're going to pay her money, she it doesn't really care who you are. Uh, she she agreed to take a date with a ninety year old who is paying her to accompany him to the Vienna Opera Ball tomorrow. The award-winning actress admitted she accepted the Australian Building Tycoon's invitation because he offered to pay me quite a bit of money. We call that a paid escort, um, Jane, just so you know, to attend one of the highlights of the social calendar. She said at a Wednesday news conference with her date that she needed the money to pay her bills and support her grandchildren. I support a lot of people, she said. She acknowledged not being well informed about the event when she accepted the invitation, telling reporters she thought it was an opera performance, not a ball. The actress, who is well known for her activism against climate change, said she was sorry to learn that Australian oil and gas company sponsored the ball these fossil fuel companies are criminal. They're criminal. They're killing people. They're killing the planet, the 80 for Brady star remarked. Please try to get your opera to stop taking money uh, support from an oil company. But you're going to compromise that because you're getting paid to go. So you're still going to go to the ball, just to make sure we're clear on that. Um the 85-year-old joins a list of female celebrities that have cozied up next to Lugner as he's known for paying undisclosed sums of money for famous women to be his date to the ball. Other notable guests include Pamela Anderson, Kim Kardashian, and Elle McPherson, who were stars who also have shared an evening at the ball with him. Fonda said her commitment would not include dancing at the ball, because she has a fake shoulder, two fake hips, and two fake knees. I'm old, she said. I might fall apart. Celebrity Net Worth estimates that Fonda is worth $200 million. According to the website, her money comes from her family and her extensive career. And let's not forget her marriage to, uh, to the other millionaire. So, there's that. Uh, Fonda is the daughter of actor Henry Fonda, of course. And uh, the comedy drama 80 for Brady brought in a higher than expected take. $12.5 million locked the number two spot at the box office on its opening weekend, according to the New York Times. So it did pretty well. And, of course, she's in in Grace and Frankie. She's very active, uh, especially for her age. So um, she did say recently when she met NFL star Tom Brady, her knees grew weak from being starstruck. Well, they shouldn't because they're brand new. They should be very strong. Um, I think we he went to all of our trailers individually, and when he walked into my trailer at the end, my knees gave way. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Jane Fonda. You would really go out with Jane Fonda? I don't know. I was just saying. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe if she paid you. Yeah, there we go. Okay. All yeah, right. I should get paid. I don't know. Couldn't be. I'm a good-looking guy. What do you say? Uh, I'm not... I didn't say you weren't a good-looking guy. 
I don't say it uh, was here's, either. Here's the, the here's a creative engagement. The rising cost of eggs is no laughing matter. Consumers have been shelling out a lot more money per carton. But there's one idea that, you know, people might find interesting. A food company based in Texas has come up with what they described as an excellent way to propose marriage. Now that eggs are practically a luxury item, a carton of eggs is an exquisite way to say, I love you. That's what Vital Farm said. If you propose with an egg... That's right, an egg. You might win a lifetime supply. We'll stock one person's fridge with a lifetime supply of eggs in exchange for a photo of their own creative egg proposal. In order to win, you have to post a creative in-feed photo or video of you proposing to someone with an egg, include a caption and a tag at Vital Farms on the photo or video, submit contact information, including your social media handle. You can also enter by sending contact information in a self-addressed stomped envelope. There you go. What a cracking idea. Proposing with an egg. I don't know what I think about that. I don't know. And then they can say he went to Kroger instead of he went to Jared's. I like it. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Looking forward to bringing you your Friday funnies and lightening things up a little bit for your Friday. Stick around. Bill Trevero's on the way. CBS News is next on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.